you consider yourself an alchemist of your life? And what about when it comes to your love life? Hmm? You know how educated women of color are all too often socially considered to be the least likely to have a healthy, sustainable romantic partnership? Well, I am here to make sure that we attract our equal and create the loving relationship that is our birthright. Hey, sweet babies, I'm Candace, and let me tell you, I have been where you are. For years, I was unclear about my love life and trying to achieve society's idea of a romantic relationship. My families, the churches, the millions of romance novels that I read throughout high school, none of which got me anywhere but unhappy with my love life. Basically, it took abuse, grief, and even homelessness for me to learn how to let go of control and be guided to transform my love life. I broke free from those struggle love cycles and created a love life that I love, that loves me back, and now I'm here to guide you to do the same. So I want you to join me on this journey from feeling disappointed in your relationship history to madly in love. From broken and guarded to whole and happy, I'm here every week and sometimes like today with amazing guests, but I don't want you to just watch and listen. I want you to comment, engage, and be a part of this conversation. We talk a lot here, so you just got to get in where you fit in. All right, let's get started because I'm very excited to introduce my guest. My guest, her name is Chanel Caldwell, and she is an attraction frequency coach, a healer, a hypnotherapist, an NLP life coach, and a transformational speaker who helps women heal their emotional baggage and wounds so that they can attract the love and the life that they desire, as well as be fully present and genuinely enjoy life. We need this, right? Life, love, and the families that they already have. She helps women raise their vibration so they can get on the same frequency as the things that they want to attract, manifest into their lives. Chanel was able to manifest her dream, but was still suffering from depression. So after healing her past and coming out of that darkness, she is passionate about helping other women live lives full of excitement, happiness, and passion, and stop just surviving. So those of y'all who listen regularly and come back to the show, you can see while, why Chanel and I are very much aligned. I'm so excited to talk to her. Let me bring her on stage. Hold on, my sweet love. Let me make sure you're unmuted. Welcome, Chanel. Hey. <laughs> Hi, honey. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. We talked a little bit when we did your pre-interview. And one of the things that I'm really excited about, besides the fact that we seem to be very aligned in how we sort of frame things, is that I'd like to get different generational views of things, right? And I feel like what you're bringing to this conversation is a rich, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you age because ladies don't like to, to tell that, but um, um, rich millennial, you know, different gender, because I'm Gen X, different generation uh, perspective on this. Because there's certain things that are just constant, right? right? But I do feel like, you know, in the different generations, we can always bring a fresh perspective. So I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I think that um, if we were to all talk to each other, all the different generations, there would be so much knowledge that would be passed. So yeah. got to do that. We got to stay in connection. <laughs> I agree. And I feel like there are some cultures and usually they're Eastern cultures where that is very important. And it's not just about listening to your elders. It's about listening to the young people as well, because young people just by their very newness can have so much wisdom and honesty to share. And I feel like that's one thing we've lost 
a little bit in this culture, in this Western culture, is that we don't always understand how to honor and listen to each other's wisdom. Absolutely. I always say the kids are the smartest people in the house. In right? <laughs> We're the most wise. They're the smartest. So we right? And they're the ones who usually say it exactly as it is. It's not that they don't ever lie, but when they're saying it, they're saying it as they see it. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes. Right. <laughs> so for y'all who've been listening, you know that I love alchemy. I love the word alchemy. In fact, we talk all the time about what it means to take our trauma and our negative experiences and our cynicism around love and romance and alchemize it into opportunity for healing, growth, change, and healthy future love. So I love the, the love alchemy blueprint, which is what we're going to talk about today, right? So tell me about it. What is it? What is it exactly? Because I feel like some people will look at it and be like, hmm, hmm, is this, you know, what's this going to do for me? Like, what is it? I'll let you say. So the love alchemy blueprint is actually just my life in 90 days, <laughs> my experience yeah. in 90 days, basically. Yeah. Um, so what it does is it will help you to heal all the old wounds and baggages that you carry that you don't even know you're carrying um, so that you're able to attract the love that you're desiring instead of having all these toxic relationships, right? Yeah. Or if you're already in a marriage, you may have attracted your husband on a lower frequency and it's just not perfect. And yeah. so it's going to help you raise your vibration to enhance your marriage, ignite that flame, and also help you to engage better with your kids, uh, people at work, and your family. So it's it's really an all-encompassing like healing mechanism in 90 days. So it, it it's amazing. So it's nine in those 90 days. Like if someone like if I were to come to you and say I want to do the Love Alchemy Blueprint, is it is it something where that's the 90 days that we're working together and you and you're teaching it to me? Correct. Yeah. After that, obviously, you know, everyone's on their own time frame as far as healing goes. But by the 90 days, you should be well on your way. And then I do have other ways to continue working together. But at that point, you would be ready to rock. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be ready to rock and feel great in your own body. It's just be amazing. I got, it. I got it. So what if I'm if I'm someone out there, you know, like I always run into different, it's funny because I I talk to a lot of women, you know, when we do consultation calls and stuff, you just talk to a lot of different people. You don't always work with them, but it's a great way to sort of figure out like, you know, where people are at. Most of the women that I talk to are usually in their forties, sometimes a little bit in their thirties. And there's that, uh, you know, desire to have children, the desire to get married if they haven't done it already, right. or, um, you know, the, the time crunch, things like that. So when someone comes to you, you know, what is sort of your um, your value point? So like, let's say I'm, I'm someone who comes to you and because I know there's a lot of people out there listening who are like, I really want to make this marriage baby thing happen. Right. And I and I want it really badly. And it's just not happening. And they're in that frustration. Mm -hmm. What is it that you offer to them around it that makes it um you know, something that makes them feel like, okay, this is going to be the solution. Well, I think first and foremost, I always find a connection point with them. And I always give my story because I've been there before. Yeah. Um, but I think that when I let them know, hey, um, the energy you're giving off is a frequency. Yeah. And I always say that whatever frequency we're on, it's like a dog whistle to the people that you're inviting in your life. If yeah. you have that desperation energy, you know, or that sadness or that brokenness, you're going to attract people in the same form. 
And so it's not like, like attracts like, oh, I like pizza, so does he, or, you know, it's not (laughs) like that, right? (laughs) Everyone always thinks like attracts like, it's not like that. It's the frequency. So I let them know, hey, this is the frequency you're on. And I've been there before. I've done it. I've been married for 14 years. We've been up, down. I've fallen in and out of love with my husband (laughs) twice, right? And so I can help you. I've been there before. And I think that my track record, plus when I break down my program, they're like, I'm in. <laughs> so I love that if you're willing to share, like, because I, I feel often, too, that a lot of times when we're single for a long time, we sort of idealize what partnership is and romanticize about what it is. So so talk a little bit about, you know, what w- was it the ups and downs that had you um, inspired to create the Love Alchemy Blueprint or, you know, how did that sort of evolve? All right, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no, this is a no judgment. I know we're like talking to the internet, but most of the people that listen to the show are very much in this conversation and in a self-awareness conversation. So, you know, I don't want you to say anything you're not comfortable with saying, but don't, you know, feel like this is a safe space. Yeah, you're protected. I tell my story all over the internet. It's okay. (laughs) Um, So I, since I was 14 years old, I was asking God to bring me a husband and children by the time I was 24. So I would, anytime I saw a shooting star, I'd be like, yes, baby husband, you know, at 24. And by the time I turned, it was 20, 21. I was like, okay, 20, 20, (laughs) 22. I think maybe I was 22 or 23. I was like, "Um, that's soon. (laughs) I don't know. And it just was like, oh, maybe that's just, that's crazy thinking, you know? So I didn't think about it. I kept attracting one bad guy after another. I mean, Mm. this was horrible. I've had some crazy experiences. And my last guy just blew through my life, uh, got me kicked out of my apartment. He was cheating on me. Like I got, I had to quit my job because they didn't want me to go to my college graduation, which obviously I worked really hard for and I wasn't going to let them take that from me. So didn't have a job, getting kicked out of my house. And I was like, what am I going to do? And then um, it's like, when I broke up with the boyfriend, I'm thinking, you know, God, why do I keep attracting all these fuck boys is what I call them, you know? And I thought, damn, am I a fuck girl? Is this like, (laughs) 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 and I really had to sit with that because I'm like, shit, what am I presenting? You know, I'm like, and that time I was in college, I'm drinking all the time, I'm partying, I'm like, you know, I was I always had a good job and things like that, but you know, I wasn't presenting well. So I really had to sit with that and I started re like transforming how I was presenting. So I stopped going out. I really started focusing on taking care of myself. And then my friend called and she's like, Hey, I got a place, a room for you in my house. I'm like, perfect. Now I got the house taken care of. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I seen that my old job was hiring again. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go on that day and get a job. I told my mom, I already know it. I'm going to get a job on that day. She's like, you might want to look at some other jobs too, just in case. <laughs> and so I go and my old job's like, you can apply online. I'm like, dang. And right next to that booth was Comcast. I don't, I don't know if you want to blank that out. It doesn't matter, but. It's okay. It's fine. I, went, I did the interview there. On the way home, they hired me. I, they called me right when I was on my way home from the interview. Like, we want you. I'm like, yay. Yeah. So then moving with my friend it's walking distance to the job that I just got. And I'm like, whoa. And then on my, like maybe a month in, uh, I make eye contact with my husband at that job. And it's just like, when I started taking in the criticism from God, he's been trying to like tap me, tap me, tap me, punch me. (laughs) 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 All aligned. And I, you know, I got 
engaged with him in six months. We were married in one year to the exact date of us starting to date. And I was pregnant on my honeymoon and I was 24 years old. It's like I manifested everything I ever wanted. So that part, I'm like, I can do this. And then as the kids came, I got more and more depressed, actually. And I'm thinking, why? I own a home now. Everything I want. I'm making like a lot of money at my job. What is going on? By my third son, I was, by my third child, my son, I was done. My The mask of happiness and like, I'm okay, completely shattered with postpartum depression. And I just was like having suicidal ideation. Like it was really bad. And um, my friend finally like slapped me like, girl, you have everything you've ever asked for. Like why you can't see it, you know? And that's when I said, Mm. okay, I'm going to put my heels in and go to work. And so I started healing and I just kind of fell into the world of spirituality and manifestation, which I had already been doing and crystals and all these things. And then once I started looking at myself, I realized, oh, wow, like I'm actually some of the reason why me and my husband aren't getting along. Like we start fixing that and the communication. And then all of a sudden it's like he started healing. He started doing some of the things I was doing and man, it really just saved our relationship. And I decided that I'm going to help as many women as I can with this. So that's how the Love Alchemy Blueprint was born. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, especially because I think it's really representative of, you know, one thing that I, I, I like to drive home for all of us is that the healing needs to happen with or without the relationship, right? And the manifestation of the relationship is a beautiful thing. But like you were saying earlier, the, you know, w- what we're manifesting is exactly the energy that we're on. But what's amazing with your story is that you, w- you had a partner and you know, that's true partnership when you do something and then that person is inspired to do it as well. I don't believe that we should be trying to change people, but the fact that he was like, Hey, I see you healing. I'm on board. I want to do it too. True sign of partnership. And I think that that comes from the understanding that it's important whether or not we're together, yes. right? And I think sometimes we miss that, especially you know when I talk to women who didn't necessarily manifest younger and feel like they're not gonna manifest yet. And, uh, and I feel like as you get older, there starts to be a resentment. Do I really have to keep doing all this work? Do I always have to be working on myself? But it's like, you have to, whether you get your person or not. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think um, that's the point, though. It's like people don't realize how powerful the tongue is and how powerful your your limiting beliefs are. So if you believe that you're not going to meet a man, you won't, sis. Like you're right. Whether you believe in yourself or not, you're right. And so if you believe that, oh, man, I'm too old, like these men are, you know, that is true. If you walk around in life like I am whole, I am okay, I'm fulfilled and I my partner is coming. God is going to bring him when I'm ready. I'm excited. That's a different energy, you know, so make sure you're not in the uh, why I can't meet a man Oh, frustration energy, because when you do that, you begin to um, like create a fantasy relationship. Usually Mm. you'll have an idea that you've created of what you want, and then you will meet any man and you will try to make him fit in that box. Try to make it work. Yes. You try to change him and you try to make it fit. And there's no such thing as potential. Let's just keep it a stack. (laughs) We're not looking for potential in a man. That means that you are in love with the idea of who he is and not reality. So, yeah. Not him. There's a, a woman, I can't remember what her name is, but she used to always say, if you don't love who they are, are or you don't love them the way they are, you don't love them. 
Exactly. Right. If you're just loving what, what you see. But I, I often think too, when it comes to potential, I think that potential is one of those things because we're all growing and evolving, but it's like, you know, you can have a belief that that person's going to meet some potential, but if they don't, right. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. So, it's, you know, I feel like if, if potential is something that, you know, you feel like, yeah, but I, you know, he's studying and he, like, if he's engaged in what he thinks his potential is and he's bought in, then you're good. But, you know, I agree with you. Like, it, I think a lot of times we fall into a trap where we think, you know, he doesn't even realize how smart he is. Mm. He doesn't even know how powerful he is. It's like, well, if he don't know it. Okay. <laughs> <Right? Right? laughs> and there's a way you can test it, um, yeah. how you love your partner. When you think about your partner, I want you to basically speed write the first five things that comes to mind about why you love them. And if it's what he can do for you on that list, then you're not in love with him. You're in love with his potential. Yeah. So that's oh, how you can figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think that, you know, the great thing about giving people that exercise, and this is just coming up as you're even just saying it, is it just gets you c conscious of uh, that it that you're doing it by yourself when it's about what they can do for you. And that's not partnership. That's not an energy of partnership. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that Chanel. So is that kind of how you, how it starts the process itself? It's like, you know, getting people present to that they're looking for potential or, you know, how do you how do you sort of start people on the journey of it? Because I find especially, you know, more and more that that people want their their coaching to be um, easy. <laughs> You know, they want to be like a light switch, right? They want to like be instantly fixed rather than being in a process and a practice. So so talk about how you sort of open people up to, to going on the journey with you. You know, I don't even, when, when we come in to do the Love Alchemy Blueprint, although it's about that, it's not about that. So in the beginning, the first part of the Love Alchemy Blueprint is to, um, it is to learn and acknowledge right yeah. so that's my first step i call it the lab because there's three steps but um it's to learn and acknowledge so the first step is well, what is your vision what do you want mm -hmm. who do you want to be who do you want what kind of a partner are you looking for because it is important you can create the life you want so we need you to write down what you want from this partner that you're that you're waiting for yeah. um, you also want to know what kind of relationship do you want to have i mean i have a whole list of things like romance like what are you looking for because you do want your partner to have the foundation of everything you're looking for before you you marry them because you don't want to try to change them. Like if you don't have a romantic man, it's not gonna work if you want romance. Don't try yeah. to force it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we go over what they want and then we I, I need them to acknowledge their parts mm. and why they don't have what they want. Yeah. And I need you to acknowledge it because if not, then you might be trying to still find a way to make everybody else the problem except for you. Yeah. Um, some of the problems that we carry that stop us from finding healthy partners are not our own control. Like some women mm -hmm. have been assaulted or been treated badly. That's not your fault. But you did um, invite them into your life with based on your energy because you weren't healed. Now, whether or not it's, whose fault it is, is not relevant. It's the yeah. fact that your energy brought them into your life. So yeah. once I can get them there, then then we can go start on the journey. Then. Yeah. The next step is to um, accept it and heal. So once we <laughs> accept that that's what, you know, you had accountability for, then I can teach you how to 
you know, manifest. I can teach you how to transform your limiting beliefs and your intrusive thoughts that you're having and, and really get you going. And we'll also dig deep, find the root cause of any emotional baggage that you have. And we will heal it with some of my, you know, healing techniques. And then we'll be ready um, to move on to the next step, which is beautiful embodiment, which is where now we have this clean slate. You know, your this stuff isn't bothering you anymore. It's not dragging you down. So now who do you want to be? What do you like? What are your passions? Um, do you know, uh, do you take care of yourself? What is your self-care routine like? Do you meditate? Um, you know, do you, do you know what pleasure is for you? Do you know how to achieve that alone? Mm. So that it's, important. it's more important than we're told right as, Absolutely. As, as women i feel like it's like boys it's almost encouraged as long as like you know as long as we don't see it but with <laughs> women it's not even it's not even like it's a thing yes but yeah you should know how to create your own pleasure so not only can you actually receive that when you get it with your partner but you can also show him what you like so that you're satisfied all the time yeah. and also if you do that you are not walking around in horny desperation because sometimes edge off a little you know like, and he stays and you're wondering why he's eating all your kids snacks you know right. every month. <laughs> that's oh, hilarious God. right <laughs> I love too that you make that distinction around, you know, when when we have been through different hurts and pain and trauma and things like that, that that it, it's not our because I think sometimes we get caught up in the blame and the shame of it all, because it can be feel very shaming. And so when we enter into that conversation about it, you know, we're often a space for it but not an invitation, right? We're not, like you said, we're not to blame. It's not responsibility for what someone else does, but you know, we, we do have to be conscious of our energy and, and what we not only allow, because sometimes it's not even an allowance. We haven't allowed it. Like something, you know, people can do things that are traumatic that we had no say in, permission or not. But I think that the reason that we come up against those things is because it's an offering for you know, who am I in the space of this horrible thing that happened? And who can I be around healing myself, taking care of myself? And was I looking after myself or taking care of myself before that? Now for young people who are still under someone else's care, it was someone else's job to look after you. But as adults, when those sorts of things happen, we always wanna look at like, am I a space for someone to think that they can come in my life and do this? I'm not responsible for their behavior. There's a lot of bad actors out there and horrible people who do horrible things to people. But when it comes to love and dating, I think you're so right on the money by making that distinction that the only way we get to heal it is when we say, you know, it's a no for me to let somebody in my house who is abusive to me or, you know, will will not need my consent in order to do things to my body or my mind. <laughs> or to take over my life in a way that that doesn't work like it's a no for me i'm not a space for that i don't i don't bring that energy and i don't invite that energy right Absolutely. i think that's the difference yeah yeah what are you gonna say i think, I think that um you know being assaulted or things that you can't control is is very is very touchy yeah um, but we but we gotta we gotta be honest with ourselves it's like when you have been hurt in that way if you have claimed the identity of victim mm -hmm. and that is your identity and you already kind of on the back of your mind expect people to hurt you that is exactly your experience that yeah. will be your experience so at some point you have to say you know um 
I didn't have any control of that. You know, I forgive myself for, you know, believing that I did. And I've, you know, I'm, I, I apologize for letting myself down and I forgive the person who did it, not saying you've got to be in their life or anything like that, but yeah. for you, <laughs> I forgive them. I don't know what's going on in their life, but it had nothing to do with me. It wasn't anything I called upon myself. So I'm releasing that yeah. and I am safe. No one will hurt me. You know, I take care of myself. I'm, I trust myself to see the red flags. And these are things that we've got to work on is self-trust. If you've had been hurt before, now is the time to strap in and worry about your self-trust so that your experience in life will be, you know, without the pain that you've experienced continuing. Yeah, I think that self-trust is is a big one because I think often we don't necessarily separate trusting ourselves from just guarding ourselves. Right. So I love that you use that term. Like I trust myself to discern. I trust myself to. And I always tell clients like, you know, when you're so in alignment with who you are, those who are not are obvious. Yeah. Right. It's like you, you know, and usually they opt themselves out. You know, I have a a really close friend who she's she's a little bit younger and she's in a, a dating phase of wanting to get into a partnership. And we were talking about it. Um, you know, there was somebody that she wanted to have a conversation with for a long time and tell him how she really felt. It was a friendship. And, you know, she's I want to tell him. And she finally told him. And he was like, well, I care about you. You're a friend, but I don't see you that way. And I often say it's like we're so afraid to get that. No. But if they don't see themselves in alignment with you, that's a that no is a gift. Like I'm like, please give me the no if you don't see yourself with me, because oftentimes, you know, because we're women, we can coax a relationship, you know, and I always say that vagina can get people to do almost anything and pretend almost anything, right? If they think they're going to have it on a regular or if they're going to be able to take advantage of a situation. And I think oftentimes we use our feminine powers against ourselves by trying to force something to happen. But a no, a rejection, an out of alignment, it's perfect when you can see it. And it's really great when someone opts themselves out, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I think to each his own. I think, honestly, if you were to ask that woman, she already knew he didn't want her. Right. (laughs) I mean, we have to be honest with ourselves. And I think um, also it's important to um, think about, um, I just drew a blank. I was going to (laughs) say with that partner, um, you've got to decide what kind of a man do you want or Mm. a partner do you want? Because if you have to initiate Oh, yes. Okay, if you have to initiate a relationship and then 10 years from now, you're going to be like, why you don't do this? You're not right. standing up like a man and you're really attacking him when, baby, he's been the same since day same one. Same since day him, one. Right? <laughs> and I think sometimes we want something so bad that we just, you know, all the red flags go out the window. Yeah. Yeah. I agree about that. And also, too, it's like, you know, the red flags go out the window and we start to get so attached to the time that we've invested too. like the longer the time goes by, it's like, well, I've put into, and I've been there like, and you know, I talk often about my abusive relationship that I had about a decade ago. And that was the thing. Like the more time I put in, the more I was like, but I'm put, I put in so much time, <laughs> right? Like it's valuable time. Like, I don't want to just walk away from that. Like, and he has changed a little bit. We always try to like justify He's like, no, honey, he's been the same from the beginning. And even if you've seen some change, if you are feeling like you got to keep pulling them along, that's that's what you signed on for. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Phil, 
Dr. Phil always says, like, it, you're complaining that it's two years, but it's better than two years and a day, you know? Right? Like, get out. <laughs> get out. There's no reason you're engaged for 10 years. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. A man yeah. knows what he wants. And usually mm -hmm. men want their woman that they want off the market. So that's not something that you got to wait five, six, seven, eight, nine years for. Now, it just depends mm -hmm. on what you want, but most men aren't going to leave you out there single for 10 years, if he yeah. really cares. Yeah, if they really care and if they really see alignment with you, right? It's right. like, I don't think that it, that it's, the onus is on us to sit around and wait to be picked. I don't think it's that energy, but I do think that it's not, it's also not about running out and trying to, trying to, to choose somebody and force them to be what you want them to be, right? It really has to do with finding that mutual alignment and allowing that to, to, evolve and develop and see as you get to know a person, either they are or they aren't. And the thing is, I think you're dead on the money with how men behave when they think you're in alignment with them. It's easy because they will move heaven and earth. There's not a man out there that when he knows what he wants, doesn't just get it <laughs> or try to get it. <laughs> it's so true. And, and we yeah. also have to acknowledge, you know, what are you giving him? Yeah. If you've been with him for 10 years, what have you given this man? Why does he need to marry you? Right. What yeah. did you, what are you holding back for marriage? If yeah. nothing, he doesn't have to do that. And yeah. usually when someone's with you for 10 years and then they marry you, it's because he felt obligated to do that because that's the next step. And yeah. those relationships usually don't last forever because it's yeah. like, that's not really what he even wanted. He just did it for you. You know, who was that celebrity? Wasn't there a celebrity couple where that was the case? I feel like, like they were on love and hip hop. Or something. Oh, I wish I could remember their name. There's names. so many crazies on that show. I know, so many crazies. But I think they had been together for like a solid decade. And she ended up proposing to him. And he said yes. And oh, then, Chrissy and uh, Jim Jones. Huh? Yes. <laughs> and then didn't they only last for like a couple years after that or something like that? There, I, I mean, there's, their relationship is so volatile. But I think she, in her mind, she's the kind that's like, I've invested. I'm ride or die. So yes. <laughs> I've had a girl. <laughs> right? Like, forget ride or die. Like, I'd rather die. <laughs> I, I think in marriage, there, there is a, a level of ride or die, but it's not yeah. forever. You know, I saw this um, argument that was on TikTok about being in an unhappy marriage. And the woman was like, you know, you're not going to be happy, you know, your whole marriage sometimes. There are segments. And some of the, like, you know, red pill kind of guys were like, yeah, see, you're not supposed to be happy. And it's like, no, we're right. just saying that. <laughs> no, there's ups and downs. It's got to be ebbs and flows. It's not going to be, you know, if you're down here for years and years, you've really got to think about what are you doing? But if, exactly. you know, you're going to take some level of, um, there's going to be change in your relationship. And hopefully if you do the work before you get married, you'll have an ideal partner. If yeah. not, like myself, I was in a marriage when I was in, I met him in my lower self, even though I was a, a little bit aligned, I was in my lower self. And so there was a lot that I was doing to damage the relationship. And also he had a lot of baggage. Obviously we we're on the same frequency yeah. that he needed to change. And luckily for me, he was willing to do that, but yeah. not all of them are. So you've really got to make the decision. Did I make the right choice? I can't go back. So let's see what he does now that I'm a different person and see what when I change what he will bring. And then you got to make the right decision for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I often talk about like, you know, trying to, um, not trying to, but authentically really understanding what will work for you. Cause we were talking about marriage and, you know, 
I'm someone who, you know, for most of my adult life was very avoidant around marriage. And I was in a, I was in a like 13 year relationship to start out my young adulthood. So, you know, starting from what, 19 to 32, I was in a, yeah, in a relationship with the same person. And um, you know, very much in love with him and because of school. And then, you know, you, you think, oh, well, how were you together for so long and you didn't get married? So it was easy for me because while we were in school, I had that excuse. We're yeah. in school. Let's not do all of that. You know, but not knowing that what was underneath was that I didn't want to. Like mm-hmm. I had ideas about marriage. I had thoughts about marriage that said, this is not for you. <laughs> but yeah. I still loved this person very much. So even after graduating school and all of that, you know, we were together for a lot longer after school. Then I started to think, okay, maybe it is something that we need to do. But what was playing in the background was that that's what I was told I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The obligation right? part. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is very different than like you were saying, when you were 14, you had like a genuine like, this is what I want for myself. And I think it's so important because I don't think that that is age specific to heed the call of what we want for ourselves, right? Like, I don't think that anybody has to get married. I don't think that anybody has to stay single. I think, you know, the only thing that we really have to do is figure out who we are and align with it authentic, authentically, right? Absolutely. And, and like you said, <clears throat> yeah, I wanted it at 14, but why? Yeah. I was told that that's the epitome of womanhood, right? That's the highest level of, you know, you know, you get your woman badge, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you're supposed to. Yeah. So <laughs> all of these things. And, and you know, our parents, they, they, they bless their heart, you know, they do their best, but they bring all their baggage with them when yeah. they're parenting you and they'll give you all of their, you know, limiting beliefs and intrusive thoughts. You know, it's like, I remember hearing men ain't shit. Yeah. Men are always cheating. You know, you got to do this and this and that. I was told that I need to keep his, you know, uh, stomach full and his balls empty. Like what? Like, oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That's my, And that's some old timey stuff. That sounds like something my yeah. grandma's mother would say. <laughs> exactly. It's like right? a generational <laughs> Yeah. Sis, I know you. You want to attract a partner who genuinely loves you as a woman. You want to break generational cycles and experience the fulfilling romantic relationships that your mother and maybe even your grandmother didn't have. You want to learn how to release the pattern of navigating your love life through past hurts, trauma, and abandonment issues. So I've made this easy to consume, effective digital course just for you. It's called A Love Life That Loves You Back. I'm Candace Harper, a relationship coach and hypnotherapist, and I would love to help you create that love life. Just go to bit.ly forward slash loving relationships for WOC. Can't wait to see you there. Yeah. So yeah, no, I get that. I totally get that. I mean, most of my journey has been about, you know, kind of figuring out what is really and what is what I was told, you know, just because I do think that we get so much sort of cast upon us as far as the supposed to's. Right. Supposed to, supposed to. And usually it's coming from a place, whoever's telling you that is coming from a place of their something they didn't have or didn't get. Yeah. It's like the person telling you about marriage, I don't even got a man. Like, what are right? you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> or if they ever did, it just it just didn't work. Like, it, it just, work. yeah. And I think that's a whole conversation too, because I think that we think that there's some um, like magic skill to it because I, you know, I come from a family where marriages are long. My parents were married for 56 years. You know, my sister's been married for over 35 years. Um, and my younger sister, she's been married for, I want to say almost 20 years. 
and aunts and uncles. Marriages are long in my family. But I have to say, and you know, hopefully they won't get mad at me for saying this, but I look at their marriages and I'm not I'm not like, oh, that's that's the ticket. Because like you were saying, marriage ebbs and flows. It's not like some sort of uh, you know gift that you get that all of a sudden your life is now perfect and everything is wonderful after that. But you know, we we have to be really cognizant of like you know, is the desire coming from you know something that is true for us that we want to feel that person that we meet, the reason that we want to marry them is because we have core value alignment, we see right. each other as life partners and vision creators, you know, all those things that that are most important to us at our heart, not, right. I was told I was supposed to get married, so I married this person, and now right. here I am trying to figure it out for 50 years, because there is no uh, perfect set of rules for anybody, I don't think, when it comes to that. Don't you agree? Yeah, there's there's no set of rules. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing you can do is well, what I, I do want to get through though is even though you might not know, if you do at on some level want to get married, you've got to keep that energy open. Yeah. You know, I will get I'm going to get married one day. It doesn't have to be I want to get married right now, but I, a lot of women are like, mm -mm, I don't want no man right now. I'm about to do this career first. <laughs> that's, that's an energy too. And that's blocking it. And a lot mm. of women in, in other other races, I'm not going to say all, they're the what they're being taught younger is uh, to be looking for those type of partners in college. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what do they call it? The MRS degree. You know, like <laughs> the doctors is in the school. You know what I mean? Like right. you're driving to the hood on the weekend to find your dude. Right. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> but just keep that part open. And if you genuinely want to get married and to a good person, to a happy, it's okay to have an idea of what kind of marriage you want. Just yeah. because your parents or people you've seen have a horrible marriage, that is not your reality. And yeah. you don't take that with you and say, well, marriages suck. So no, yours can be amazing. Do you believe? that you deserve an amazing partner. Yeah. And if you don't, then we gotta get that work done. Yeah, it all comes back to mindset, right? It always- Everything. Always comes back to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm on my, I'm on my um, uh, Love Alchemy Blueprint journey. And so now we've gotten clear about what my vision is. You know, we're in process, we're doing the work you talked about. And I love that you do hypnotherapy as well. Like, I feel like that's something we don't find very often, right? <laughs> so now I got to like clear out the old stuff and the old pain and, the, you know, the relationships that didn't work out and all the, the stuff that I see on TikTok and, you know, negative things that I think about the people that I want to date. Mm -hmm. Like what, you know, how do I, I manage all of that if I'm going through the process? How do you manage it? How, what do you mean by that exactly? So what, what is it that you would have me do? to manage all of that. Like I'm coming with all the preconceived notions and the pain and the, you know, like you were saying, I'm that woman who's like, well, I can't be worried about marriage right now. Cause I, you know, I just gotta, right. even though it's what I really want. I see. So yeah. you're asking like, how do we manage the limiting beliefs type of thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a lot of different ways, but my favorite is, um, <clears throat> we gotta ask ourselves four questions. <clears throat> Whenever we have a limiting belief or an intrusive thought, and we have a lot of those all day long, if you're really listening, um, but there's four questions you ask, and then there's a way that you can begin to re, uh, retrain your subconscious mind. So I do a lot of subconscious mind work. I actually would use that to find out what happened to you in your past. Some things I might bring up you might not even remember. 
Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to go back in your subconscious mind. It's like, uh, let's just say your your conscious mind is like the gate, you know, it's like a gate. And you can choose who you open and close the gate for in the subconscious mind. So you can choose what energy you, or what um, information you choose to believe and what information you reject in your mm -hmm. conscious mind. Your subconscious mind does not have that ability. It receives everything it is given. And it is given things through repetition and trauma. Mm. Okay. So when you're growing up, when you're between one and seven or born in seven, that your subconscious mind is everything. That's basically all the kids are functioning on. So you're feeding their permanent at that point mm -hmm. between those years. I mean, it is fixable, but so when you have repetition or trauma, it goes into your subconscious mind. So a lot of those thoughts, like, oh, I'm not going to get a man. Those are in your subconscious mind. And you don't even notice that when you meet a man, you're making a, a stern face. You might not hold his hand. These are all things you're not even thinking about. Yeah. Your is right. Your subconscious mind is the same thing that helps you blink and breathe. You don't think about it. Yeah. And so we would go in there and I would ask you to identify some of these limiting beliefs that you think. And then mm -hmm. we ask questions like, okay, um, do I have a reason to believe this thought? That's one of the questions. Um, if I was thinking about someone else in a similar situation, would I have the same thought? You know, like mm -hmm. I can't get married. Well, if someone else could get married, why would you say that about yourself, right? Yeah. And then um, do I have any reason to believe that this is the true thought, you know? And then also, um, why would I continue to believe this thought if there's no reason for me to believe it is so, you know? Yeah. Once you run through these questions and you get the answer, no, like this is all craziness. Then I do my cancel, cancel, delete type of a, it's kind of like <laughs> my um, technique. So like I said, your brain is, it is like a computer and your subconscious mind is like the program that you're, that, that it has. You're running, yeah. Yeah. So when I say like, let's say I have a, a belief, I would say cancel, cancel. And then I would follow it up with three positive and true statements. Mm. Then I would say, uh, let's say it's a, I, I'm not going to get married. You know, no one wants to marry me. Cancel, 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 cancel. Actually, I am very loving. I'm kind. I am going to get married because I am, I'm worthy of marriage. You know, yeah. you can say three and this is something you're going to have to do. It is work to reprogram your <laughs> subconscious mind. So you're going to have to do this. You can do it on a schedule. Like every day you go over the, the ones that you've identified or whenever they come up, like limiting beliefs and intrusive thoughts. You know, anytime you say that, you do it over and over again. I, when I was working through mine, I'd be washing dishes and I'd be like, cancel, cancel. My husband's yeah. like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> but you can do it, but you've got mm -hmm. to identify them because they they go so deep. They go so deep. It's yeah. just really sad sometimes when you think about it. I love I love the way that you're describing that. I also think too, it's like, you know, it's it's practice because we've we've been practicing those shitty beliefs for so long sometimes. Yes. You know, I you know, I find myself all the time. Um, and I love like that that's just a great uh sort of an NLP trick, like to, to just say cancel, cancel, but just the process of catching myself, right? Like I I feel like that is something that, you know we often expect it to just be eradicated. And I don't think that way anymore. And it's perfect. I'm a light switch. Mm. And it's so not that because the way you describe it, it's it's very much I'm practicing. And however you need to put it in place that you're practicing, that you just recognize I'm having a shitty thought. 
and I'm telling myself a shitty lie. And now I'm just going to tell myself something better. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the 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 thoughts that you have, you have you have two parts of your brain. And I think people accept every thought that they have as their own. Yeah. It, it is not. Yes. You, you know, you have a higher self. And I truly believe in um, us being a fabric of the universe. And mm -hmm. so we are connected to the universe. So when you say you want something, your higher self knows exactly how to get it. And if you listen, you will hear instructions every single day. Yeah. Right. So when I say I want to lose weight and I go to sleep and I wake up, I immediately hear two different thoughts. I hear one. OK, get up, meditate and go get on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And then I hear another one. Girl, just hit that snooze. Yeah, right? <laughs> <You're> tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the higher self is the one giving you the instruction and your lower self is the one telling you to sleep. So those negative thoughts come from that place. Yeah. And a lot of times the negative thoughts, they sound like they're life destroying, which they are. But really, it's a part of our brain's mechanism to keep us safe. It's keeping us like from doing the scary thing or from going outside of our comfort zone. So it's trying to keep us safe. But no, you know, your, your success is not in the safety zone, right? Yeah, so yeah. acknowledging that the thought you're having is not you and observing that thought is a different way to look at the thoughts in your mind. You're like, that's not me. Be quiet. Shut up and get out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, too, we're often just afraid to even look at it, like afraid to even... Um, <clears throat> because like you said, you know, the, the ego is so busy trying to protect us with all of this stuff, all of these negative thoughts that, that it's because we've made something out of, if I do dream, if I do allow myself to be vulnerable, we've made something out of that, that means something about me, like vulnerability is weakness. Or, you know, if I do allow myself to really desire this thing, then, then I'm going to get played or I'm going to be yeah. stupid. Or, you know, and I think you're, you're right. Like it's also an avenue into letting myself go ahead and, and feel what I'm feeling or commit to what I'm committing. So then I can start to understand that I'm going to be safe, even if I allow it. Like if I let go of men ain't shit, cancel, cancel, like you said, and then put in, I, my person is fantastic, right? Even if I haven't met them yet, my person is amazing for me. So that can seem scary when there's that part of you that's like, yeah, but if I start to love somebody, they're going to hurt me. But the only way to practice out of that feeling and that that fear is to do, like you said, like, you know, be willing to say something different to yourself. Right. Absolutely. Like baby steps. It's baby steps. <clears throat> and it's also on a on a belief level. I believe that the universe and God is always working for me in my favor, always, yeah. even when it seems like it's not. And so when I have that full trust, when things don't go my way, like now when something doesn't work out, I get excited because I know that the universe brings me what I want or better. So if this person doesn't work out, I'm like, ooh, I, ooh the next dude is about to be right. Stupid, you know, or you know, it's like I know it because yeah. my universe, my God does not let me down. That's what yeah. I know. Yeah. And so I think if we get stop being afraid of the nose and stop being afraid of the the letdown and start trusting ourselves. number one, yeah. trusting that you will notice the red flags, trusting that you will make the right decision for yourself when you notice the right flag and don't keep them around to get hurt later on, yeah. you know? And once you really believe in that, you can stop having attachments to your idea of what it's supposed to look like and just know that it's going to flow, you know? Yeah. You're, 
you're only responsible for creating the what and you let the universe and God handle the how. So just be open and ready and go on the ride, you know. And I would even hazard to say that with that goddess energy that you're talking about, right, where you just trust the flow, you have faith in the flow that it's all working out for you. I, I almost, and this is something I often say, that you don't even have to look for the red flags because I feel as though, you know, from that energy, you know, when you're saying things from that authentic, compassionate place, when you're behaving out of that authentic, compassionate place, the way that people who don't mean you well respond to you, it's like they can't be with like it. They make themselves so obvious. Yeah. Right. Like when you're honest about. OK, so in the beginning of my abusive relationship, I had it in my mind that and when I say abusive, I mean, both of us were badly behaving. Right. Um, I had it in my mind that I needed to have this person like, you know, I was getting older. I knew that I wanted to, you know, have a kid. I was like, it's got to be this person. This is going to be my last chance. That was what was playing in my subconscious. It was oh, yeah. you know, BS. It was a negative thought. But I would do things like, you know, he played me his like, you know, 15 year old demo rap demo tape. And I would like be like, oh, yeah, that's really good. It sucked. Like I would pretend because I was trying to make this thing happen. I would try to be supportive, even though what it, it, I he wasn't doing anything that I'd want to support because mm -hmm. I was trying to make this thing happen. And if I would have been in that sort of like relaxed goddess energy, knowing that what is for me is for me and will come to me, I would have released all of that mm -hmm. and just been like, yeah, you know, mm, really? That's your demo tape? You know what I mean? Like maybe you need to, right? <laughs> but I, you know, I, it would have had me responding in a way that, that he would have been like, it would have either brought out better in him Meaning that, you know what, you're right, it sucks. Like I need to, if I'm gonna do do something with this, I need to get better. Or it would have had him be like, oh, you know, you, you can't support me, you're not it. Which would have been a favor. Like I yeah. wish I would have known to have him in that position, right? Yeah. That that would have been what, four years that I, you know, we wouldn't have had to go through all that, which I don't regret that. You learned a lot, I'm sure. Right, learned so much. And I do believe that those experiences, you know, it's almost like we get, um, you know, it, it, you know, you're like up against the rocks. It's like, it brings out whatever is within you and whatever needs to come out, right? We meet those mirrors of ourselves and it just, so I don't regret that relationship in that sense. But, you know, let's say if I were to go back, they would say, if I knew then what I know now, I just would have known just be in your goddess energy because you're either going to bring out the best in him or he's going to move away. And I do think it's possible if we're not trying to from that goddess energy, to, to only experience the best of a person, right, initially, and even someone who doesn't show that to other people or doesn't show that to, you know, other people that they're dating or that they have dated. Because sometimes it's just knowing that you don't settle for the okie doke. It's knowing that you're impenetrable when it comes to knowing who you are and what you want and what you stand for. Absolutely. And I think that the conversation of, you know, how do I know I'm not looking? It's your intuition. Yeah. It is so important for women to learn to trust their intuition. It's usually right. Yeah. You know, you get that feeling when you're like, oh, something ain't right about this relationship. But if you're even having the conversation like, but I've invested so many years, you already know that that means your brain is telling you get the hell out. It means you're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, trust your intuition. And if you have experienced a lot of things, life is like a video game. You know, yeah. once you're already on a level and once if you're already in a negative place, now you're on this level. So now we've got to 
do all the trials and tribulations, jump over the rocks, get, you know, killed a couple of times to get mm -hmm. to the next level of our life where we can meet, you know, find the princess or whatever. But yeah. I always say like, if you knew, if you thought about your life as a video game where you know that there is a winning, there is a winning level, you can win. The princess is at the end. You just have to find a way to get there. You wouldn't feel so attached to all these negative moments that happen to you because you would know there is a way out. There is a next level. There is a next, you know, and I can yeah. win. So just think of it like a video game. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I feel like, you know, much older than me, they'd be like video game. But, you know, I started but Atari came out when I was in middle school. And so that <laughs> analogy of like going to the next level, the next level, yeah, I agree, I agree. And you know, there's no regretting the last level, especially if you passed it. It's done, yeah. Right? You got through it, you learned some new tricks on your, your you know, controller. Right, <laughs> you got some new weapons or something, right? Something you can use for the next level, look, it's all good. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, you know, I feel like I could go like all day, but I know that you are, you're in the midst of a summit right now. Like you're in the midst of a big project right now, right? I am. I am. It's called the From Broken to Unbreakable Summit. I've put together 17 amazing women who have all been in like a, just a stuck place, whether mm -hmm. it was like depression or just being in a low place or just not living in their truth to finding that moment when they're like, what is going on? Having that catalyst creating the life that they love and enjoy and like really explaining to the people that are watching how they did it and how the other people can do it too. And so it's really amazing. And it's, it's 10 days, but it's via email. So once you opt in, you get an email that has one or two interviews a day and each speaker is giving out a free gift for everybody that's watching. So it's really amazing. Yeah. And I gave you the link so you can give it to them if they're interested in, in uh, signing up. Yeah, no, I certainly will do that. But, you know, I say all of that to say that I, I as much as I want to hold on to you for the rest of the day, <laughs> I want to respect that you, yeah. But I do have my one more question that I ask all my guests. I want sure. you to tell me what is your favorite thing about being a woman of color, better yet a black woman? Like, let us know. It's the flavor. It's the yeah. <laughs> We are the blueprint. No matter how much they try to take that from us, we are the sauce. Like as much as you know, people will um, say we're the least loved and the least married, and all these negative things about being a black woman. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, I say we've been through slavery. We've been through hell and back. Please get off our ass about how long it takes us to heal. You right. have no right. Yeah. If we're still wearing wigs. Get, get, give us a break, okay? If we're still, you know, we're still fighting each other, give us give us some lenience, right? We we yeah. really need to um, allow women us to heal to get to that next level. And I just love us because even through everything, we still step up, we still show up, and we still thrive through it all. So I just really, really, really love being black and a black woman. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much, my love. That was beautiful. All right. So what is the thing that you want to make sure that they, if people walk away with one thing from this conversation, what do you think that thing needs to be? Take accountability for your life and create it. You are yeah. not, um, it is not uh, at someone else's will that you get what you want. It is yours to take on. And if that means you've got to go through the trenches of your, your pain to get to the other side, it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, um, Tell everybody who should seek you out, specifically who is your person that you want to work with, 
Um, and anything you'd want them to know about it? Like, is it a membership? Is it one-on-one -on -one that you work with them and where people can find you? And I'll make sure to put it on the screen later as well. Sure. So um, I'm looking for women that are uh, your wife, that you're just feeling unfulfilled in the current relationship you're in. You're a single woman, maybe even a single mother that's like looking for a partner and a father for her children, you know, but just can't figure it out. A woman who's been through um, betrayal and abandonment and doesn't know how to, you know, just be in the world. And also a woman who is like maybe in a complicated relationship and it's not a marriage and she's trying to figure out why she keeps experiencing toxic relationships. Like mm -hmm. all of those type of women or experiences will be perfect for this program. Got it. I love it. Yay. And I love that you're doing this work. I love it when I meet other light workers who actually care about our experience. And, you know, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, I, my mother was a teacher, uh, you know, rest in peace when she was alive. And, you know, for the longest, it was her passion. And so I do think it's very meaningful when we learn something and when we're growing in something that we're willing to bring people along. So she definitely infused that into my soul. And so I love you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. And, you know, I just wish you all of the success and, and the best things in the world. And you, you're part of the podcast family now. So you're going to have to come back at some point. Right. When you have something new, because we always have our, our next thing, our next creation when Absolutely. you're on to your next creation. But I know the big things are happening around Love Alchemy Blueprint and your current summit. So, yes. Yes. I want Thank to you. Know. Yeah, you're welcome. And I wanted, I wanted to tell you really quickly that we love you. I appreciate you. And we love the work that you're doing, because even just having this podcast and coaching is like you are you are also creating and adding value to so many women's lives. So it's awesome. Oh, thank you, my sweetheart. I'm so glad that we met. I'm glad that we connected. All right, everybody, whoever was here, I saw some people in and out. You know that if you had commentary or feelings or things that you wanted to add, you can always come back and comment later. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Loving Relationships for Women of Color. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. On Spotify, though, you can watch this video as well. So that's a you know little plug for Spotify. Anyway, also, don't forget to stop by my website. CandiceHarperLoveCoach.com for your free copy of my ebook, Seven Days to Freedom from Single Girl Shame. So check it out. You know, give me your email, get the free book. It's it's really an interactive journal. So, you know, you get to work out a whole lot of stuff around single girl shame. If you are walking around thinking there's something wrong with you because you haven't met that partner yet, please, by all means, get this journal. In a week, you'll be done with that. All right, that's it. That's it, my Chanel. I'm going to see you again soon. Uh, yes. I also wanted to let them know, I gave you the link. It, it, I have a free gift for the people watching also. Oh, it's cool. called the Fuck It, Focus on Me Happiness Guide. I love <laughs> it. 10 practices in there for mind, body, and soul to help you feel better about yourself, find your passion, and learn to connect and embrace your body. So, yes, the link. Don't say the title again. I love it. Fuck it, focus on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that. That's perfect. Genius. Yes. All right, my sweethearts. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable and give yourself grace. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>